You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported, Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Good afternoon. Reporting remotely for WFHB, this is Benedict Jones. And I'm Cade Young. This is the WFHB Local News for Tuesday, November 21st, 2023. In today's feature report, WFHB environmental correspondent Zero Rose gets an update from Stephen Stewart of Indiana Forest Alliance on positive and negative developments affecting climate, habitat, water, and air quality in the region. More in today's feature report. Also coming up in the next half hour, Lil Bub's Lil Show, a co-production between WFHB and Lil Bub's Big Fund. But first, your local headlines. The Monroe County Public Library Board of Trustees met on November 15th. Director Greer Carson gave his monthly report. Okay, October saw another month of strong collection use. Overall, our 2023 digital collection use is on par with or exceeding last year's use. October was also the first month we've surpassed 1,000 room reservations in a single month, and this is due to the addition of the Southwest Branch room reservations. Speaking of monthly use statistics, the asterisk that you may have noticed next to the overall visitor count at the top of the report refers to the fact that our Southwest RFID gates, which include a built-in visitor counter, have not worked properly since we installed them. Despite our high hopes for these gates, they have so far disappointed. Our visitor count therefore reflects downtown Ellettsville and outreach patrons. We will be installing our legacy door counting scanners at Southwest beginning next month so we can include those total numbers starting in 2024. At the same time, as we've indicated to the security gate vendor, we're reviewing our contract with them and considering alternatives to this product. So that's kind of disappointing. Our Facebook reach last month totaled 330,719. That's a 1,400% increase over the previous month. To put this in perspective, our total Facebook reach for all of 2022 was 135,028. And this incredible increase was due to a single MCPL Facebook post, the My Job is Library Barbie meme, which went semi-viral. Reached 320,000 accounts, generating 8,200 reactions, 426 shares, and 348 comments. So regardless of one's opinion of social media, it's safe to say that our online presence is beneficial and that we've got an outstanding communications and marketing department. We saw a 45% increase in vital one-to-one volunteer tutoring over the first quarter, thanks to our new online training platform, which we had shared was in development earlier this year. We had another successful annual zombie prom with 70 teens attending. Last year, we had 50 attendees. So our night to dismember is growing in popularity. We held our first outdoor reading program at Southwest in the Hain Family Amphitheater with a Scary Stories contest. And our Southwest Branch Library was featured in the 2023 Library Journal Year in Architecture issue, the first of what we hope will be a number of features and recognitions for MCPL and our new branch. And the photos uh, for the entry were taken by our own visual marketing specialist. Board member Carrie Asari asked if there has been an increase in the number of visitors at the Southwest Branch. 
Carson responded that they had not been able to comprehensively monitor this due to some technical issues with their RFID gates, which should allow them to count visitors as they enter or exit through the gates. Uh, sort of average what the likely door count is for Southwest, and we'll wind up including that in the annual report in January because we need to do that. Um, but one of the things we were very excited about with these RFID gates was not only that they look really good and they would work well in the space, they're unobtrusive, they're transparent, but they've got this uh, software built into them, and it just hasn't worked as it was supposed to, and it's been difficult to get service on them. So we're hitting sort of the end of that. Carson also gave an update on the 2024 benefits package before the board took a final vote to approve them. So as we talked about last month, we're happy to propose the renewal for our insurance plan for 24. We had a very positive experience with the Anthem plan this year after having switched from SIHO at the start of the year. And we have secured a rate, ref uh, rather a rate freeze on the plan for next year along with our dental and vision plans. The packet uh, includes a renewal rate sheet indicating the Anthem rate hold and the requested JA benefits commission rate of $30 per employee per month. Uh, to clarify something we had talked about last month, we confirmed that JA benefits are indeed paid directly by Anthem and not by MCPL. Our sources confirmed the JA's request for a commission formula change from a monthly premium percentage to a flat $30 per employee per month is consistent with the norms of the wider insurance broker market. So we included a consultant carrier compensation letter and a broker compensation disclosure statement in the packet just to clarify how JA benefits is compensated for the work that they do for us. So we bring this to you all tonight for any further discussion and an eventual vote on approving the 2024 benefits package. The board voted unanimously to approve the 2024 insurance benefits plan. The board also heard a strategic plan update from Carson. First, he revisited the last three-year strategic plan. Uh, we are excited to be near the end of the draft planning stage for our forthcoming 2024-26 strategic plan. Our last plan was created in 2020 during the pandemic, and it's helped us focus our work from 2021 through this year. We are doing another three-year plan to focus much of our work from 2024 to 2026. These plans help us assess how we're meeting our community's needs, what we need to do better, and how we plan to get there. The current plan for 21 to 23 is focused on many areas of services that we'll continue to work on in the new plan, including developing our digital collections, specifically e-books and e-audiobooks, and, and some better marketing to promote those collections, developing our Library of Things collection, expanding checkout times and renewal options and reviewing our fines and fees policies, simplifying the patron discovery process for collections by improving back-end ILS configurations and public-facing discovery tools. The next Monroe County Public Library Board of Trustees meeting will be held on December 13th. In today's feature report, WFHB environmental correspondent Zero Rose gets an update from Stephen Stewart of the Indiana Forest Alliance on positive and negative developments affecting climate, habitat, water, and air quality in the region. The window for public comment closed on November 20th. We turn to Rose for more. There is actually a burn ban in place right now in 16 counties in Indiana. 
people can find out about that by going to the Department of Homeland Security webpage slash burnban, in.gov. And that's to do with semi-drought conditions across the state. Some counties have been lifted and others added. And so that's, you know, affecting people trying to burn leaves and things. And that can kind of relate to uh, what you're here to talk to us about, at least partly, is uh, the uh, burning, prescribed burning, intentional burning, that the Forest Service is reenacting around Houston South, which if some people don't know, it's in the Lake Monroe watershed. So uh, what do we have uh, going on with that? The injunction is no more and they're proceeding? Um, well, uh, to the fire, uh, pointing to the fire and the uh, a lot of these burn bans in some of the counties, were they're done by the county commissioners, uh, and they were just published uh, in the last couple, three or four days, uh, knowing that though the conditions have been, you know, gradually, you know, getting drier and drier uh, in, in the last three to four weeks, you know, a lot of places with no rain for a long time, uh, and the Forest Service uh, had issued uh, an announcement that they were going to start their prescribed fires for the fall season uh, during this dry during this dry spell here very recently, uh, and they actually conducted a, uh, a prescribed burn uh, in Northwest Township of Orange County, Indiana, uh, near in the Buffalo Springs area of the Hoosier National Forest, uh, and uh, it was it was. Uh, concern to the local residents and the population knowing that uh, there had been other fires last fall uh, that had gotten out of control, one over in Brown County, uh, as well as in Ferdinand uh, State Forest. And um, the day after uh, they did the prescribed burn uh, there in Northwest Township of Orange County. Uh, a local resident was uh, burning brush uh, in a field uh, in the Buffalo Springs area, south of Paoli, Indiana, uh, and it got out of control. And sure enough, uh, eight different agencies had to be called down t- uh, to control that fire. Wound up burning 90 acres. Uh, and um, what's 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 troubling uh, about all of this is that I you know a lot of people need to be you know uh, they need to take a, a pro active uh, stance and fire safety, uh, but that our public agencies um, are are starting fires during these extreme dry conditions. Now, as I said, the county commissioners are the ones that are uh, mandated uh, to put out these uh, fire bans uh, dependent on weather conditions. Uh, however, uh, federal agencies and state agencies like the in- Indiana DNR Forestry Division uh, and the United States Forest Service are not subject to these, to these burn bans. Uh, so uh, they make their own uh, determination whether or not a burn will go on. Uh, and sometimes, as we've seen recently, uh, these burns do continue even in the light of a uh, need and a uh, burn ban in place. And uh, so with the Houston South, um, there was an injunction. Uh, IFA was, I believe, part of a suit, and that was upheld by a judge, but now they're making another pass at it, and there's a comment period of that's right. So this project started a long time ago, 2018, and uh, made public in 2019. Uh, and it's in Jackson County and just slightly over into uh, uh, Monroe County. It's called the Houston South Project uh, near Norman, uh, near South, uh, near Charles Dean Wilderness Area, uh, near Hardin Ridge. Uh, and in that project, uh, there's 13,500 acres that are that are. Uh, um, projected for fire, 4,375 acres for timbering, and 1,970 uh, for the um, 
herbicide spraying to control invasives. Um, and it, twice, uh, federal courts uh, had determined uh, that the Forest Service was deficient in determining um, the uh, significant impact it was going to have on the water quality uh, for Lake Monroe. And as you know, we've been we've been experiencing a lot of algae blooms, uh, as well as, you know, other issues uh, with sediment filling up in, in the Lake Monroe. And, and it, that's over 100,000 uh, people uh, that receive their water from there. It's the largest public municipal water source in the state of Indiana. Uh, and those judges had determined that they had uh, failed to really analyze the project thoroughly for what those effects would be. Well, um, here on October 20th of this previous month, um, the Forest Service re-released uh, this draft an environmental assessment called the Supplemental Environmental Assessment, which is a 30-day public comment period uh, where people can make comments uh, to this project and have a say um, in in the development of, this, of their proposed projects. This would be in the Houston South project again. Uh, and uh, the thing was, was that as we are identifying and looking at the 78-page document that, that was released, uh, very little to nothing has been changed in this uh, the, of, of any significance. And in fact, uh, many deficits have been found in, in this uh, most recent development as well. Uh, but So we do uh, look to ask the public. Uh, it is our public forest. It is the, the, the public's land. Uh, it's managed uh, and stewardship by the United States Forest Service. But please look over the House and South Project on their website uh, and submit your comment to the Forest Service by uh, November 20th. Uh, I know that's right around the corner, uh, but it's very important that if you want to have a say in this project and want to really uh, have a say in what's happening in, in the environment around you, uh, do make a comment and um, submit that by the 20th, again, that's next Monday in November, uh, because if you do not make a comment now, uh, there are further stages, uh, planning stages that would have to go forward in this project, but you would not be allowed to participate um, if you do not make a comment now. Uh, and so we encourage everyone to uh, have their say. And what's what are the websites again to find that on? Yes, it's the Hoosier National Forest website uh, for their project page, uh, and, and look up Houston South Project, uh, and then it'll take you to all the documents that are appropriate with instructions on how to comment, as well as the Indiana Forest Alliance that uh, has a uh, Houston South web page as well at uh, www.indianaforestalliance.org uh, that also has uh, links uh, to all the pertinent documents, as well as extra additional uh, training and educational materials uh, to help you uh, develop your comments. And that's ostensibly uh, in the name of uh, reviving and restoring the forest. And people are familiar with how the Native Americans use controlled burns. And so it can seem like not that bad of an I idea. Um, what are these uh, negative effects that you guys feel uh, that that's going to cause. Well, historically, indeed, Native American tribes uh, across the United States, especially in the western part of the United States, uh, did use uh, controlled burning to, to a degree uh, to manipulate their environment. And that happened also in the Midwest, but it happened primarily on village sites uh, to clear land easily for their villages uh, and also uh, not as a rehabilitation of, of the land uh, and also occurred regularly as a rehabilitation of the land on prairie and grasslands. Uh, but there is, is is no evidence in Indiana of that occurring uh, prehistorically um, on the landscape in the forest. Uh, and as we know, uh, our forest here, the ecosystem is much wetter 
uh, than, than the drier, uh, more conifer-based forest out west. Uh, and wildfire, uh, especially natural-caused uh, wildfire, is not a, is not a concern in the Midwest. In fact, there have been one ignition uh, in the last 150 years of a, a wildfire in Indiana that was caused naturally. All the rest have been caused by human. Uh, on accidents. Um, so, uh, you know, this prescribed fire is not necessarily something that is returning a restoration, as the agencies call it, uh, to the landscape, but something rather that's human imposed and something that's that's new. And the science is still not completely uh, certain exactly the, the effects that it does have uh, on, again, our upland forest in the Midwest. Uh, and then last fall, uh, there were two uh, fires, one at Potoka Lake and one at Ferdinand state forest that got out of hand. Uh, and the air quality that we were experiencing here uh, three or four months ago uh, from the Can Canadian wildfires, um, the air quality actually uh, for a 30 mile radius or more uh, was worse from these two locally caused fires by these agencies, uh, the smoke uh, in, in the communities uh, was actually, the air quality was, was worse than, than the worst that it got from the Canadian wildfires. Uh, so there's, there's a large health concern um, as, as well. And, you know, in the House and South project, uh, as, as an additional thing, you know, as an example of what was not included in their, in their environmental assessment was uh, the effects of um, what this would have on our endangered species. And I mentioned this because of the Indiana bat is everybody He's quite aware, you know, of white nose syndrome. Well, uh, IFA, Indiana Forest Alliance, and biologists were able to find a maternal roost. So we found environment where these bats were actually um, uh, having babies and producing and increasing their numbers rather than decreasing. Uh, and that's in the House and South Project area, but yet that was not mentioned in the environmental assessment. And so these areas are not being protected. Uh, so, you know, it's a multitude of issues, a multitude of concerns. Um, but also, you know, there are, there are uh, improved waterways in the project that are necessary for water flow and for water quality that are proposed as part of the project, you know, that, that do have a proven scientific benefit um, uh, to help the landscape and the wildlife and the ecosystem there. Uh, so it just takes a well, you know, informed uh, look at uh, what they're proposing uh, and to weigh out the, positive, the pros and the cons uh, and to have a, uh, a conversation. Uh, not a one-way discussion or an educational uh, teaching, but an actual discussion uh, on what the best avenue forward for all interested parties is. So, And, of course, uh, it would be also releasing a lot of carbon. And Absolutely. Uh, uh, given the, the, the many wildfires across the country and the world in this last year and the, the recent UN reports, uh, the situation is just hitting tipping points. And so it seems like they should be leaving that for, for carbon. Um, Absolutely. I mean, forests all over the world uh, are, are definitely, you know, uh, being um, cut down or burnt or destroyed at an astronomical rate. Uh, and, you know, whether our, our, our climate that we're experiencing, the changes that we're experiencing now are, are uh, natural in nature, uh, part of a uh, routine schedule uh, of our earth, or whether they are human and caused, uh, the uh, um, dramatic effects, positive effects that leaving our forests standing, uh, the older forests specifically, because they sequester carbon 
carbon at a much higher rate than 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 younger growth, uh, astronomically larger, um, is very important to counter these effects. Uh, and so, whether whatever the cause is, we know that uh, you know it's been said that forty percent of the possible solution to help uh, reverse these uh, climate warming, uh, these global warming uh, that is occurring can be um, fixed by saving our forest. And uh, um, Senator Braun uh, introduced uh, the Benjamin Harrison Wilderness Area uh, proposal, and that would be, uh, that's actually crossing a few states, right? And it seems that that could also uh, put a halt to the Houston South uh, plans as they're presently put? Uh, that's right. Um, the uh, Forest Service has not taken an official stance uh, on this legislation, uh, neither pro nor con for it. However, um, they are, tr- you know, going forward uh, with the South and South project, uh, and it is in direct contrary uh, to the mandates that would be uh, put forward uh, for the management of these areas in this new bill, this new Senate bill. And is there public comment or anything to, that wise that people can chime in on? Absolutely. Indiana Forest Alliance, we have a special page for this and we, you can you can put comments there uh, as well as Senator Braun uh, has from his official page uh, has a place that you can submit comments to him. Uh, and as well, he's, he's currently looking for, because the process is that he's written the bill. Uh, it goes to the Senate uh, for, for the subcommittee and then goes before the Senate to be approved. And then after it's approved there, it has to go before the House. Uh, then it would go to the floor and be signed into a, a official legislation. Uh, so also uh, asking people to contact uh, Senator Yoder, uh, Houchin, and Young as well. To uh, try to get them to co-sponsor? That's correct. And they are in conversations with Braun currently, uh, but they really need to hear from their constituents. Uh, and, you know, a- a- as a reminder, you know, this is really promoting the best option uh, for the state, uh, for the area, and for the Hoosier National Forest. It would be the largest contiguous land, a preserved land that's that's going to be kept in a wild state in the states of Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio, the largest in that area. So it's an extremely landmark uh, achievement. The It was first pr- promoted by uh, one of the um, directors of the Hoosier National Forest, uh, as well as um, Birch Bayh, as well, uh, a popular politician in Indiana in the past. Well, mm-hmm. great. Uh, thanks for... Uh... Uh, you know, letting everybody know that it's uh, now their turn to uh, put in their support for uh, you know, opposition and or support. Yep. And we have a brand new website. If you have any questions on Facebook, uh, there has been a new Facebook group that was created called Coalition. Uh, and uh, it, it's gaining membership dramatically, but it is open and frank uh, conversations regarding this bill. You can access the actual bill and read it yourself. It's only five pages long. It's not a long read. Uh, and you can get all of these clarifications made for you but, uh, before so you can make a well-founded decision. Great. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you. Up next, we have Lil Bub's Lil Show, a co-production between WFHB and Lil Bub's Big Fund. We turn now to that segment on the WFHB Local News.
Welcome to Lil Bub's Lil Show, a weekly co-production from WFHB and Lil Bub's Big Fund. We highlight adoptable animals with special needs in South Central Indiana and spotlight topics to promote human animal welfare. First, here's today's featured animal. This week's featured animal is Peanut, a very sweet cat currently residing with the City of Bloomington Animal Shelter. Peanut enjoys watching birds through the window, sleeping under blanket forts on couches, and playing with paper straws under doorways. She isn't really a lap cat, but she is social and generally wants to be around people to see what they're doing. Peanut gets a little too excited around other cats, so she would probably be better off in a single cat home. She has not been around children or dogs. Peanut likes freeze-dried chicken and drinking from faucets or cups, but also does fine with cat water fountains. She also enjoys chasing things, especially if they're flying, such as frisbees. Overall, Peanut would love a quiet home where she can be the only cat and watch animals outside, chase toys, and take naps. If that sounds like your home, Peanut would love to meet you. If you're interested in adopting today's featured pet, you can learn more at our websites, goodjobbub.org and wfhb.org. You're listening to Lil Bub's Lil Show, a co-production of WFHB and Lil Bub's Big Fund. We now turn to this week's featured topic. Some may envision cats as somewhat dormant pets, but play is an important outlet for their predatory instincts. Play also relieves boredom, provides exercise, and can prevent behavioral problems. As Blue Cross in the UK notes, there are many toys available from pet stores, but you don't have to spend a lot of money. Feathers, balls, cotton reels, and cardboard boxes can all provide fun for a cat. Allow the cat to catch and grab the toy at the end of each game, Just avoid items with small attachments that could break off and be swallowed. Different cats prefer different types of games, but don't play rough or tease your cat by moving your fingers or feet under blankets. While entertaining, this can encourage a cat to grab and bite you. A few short daily sessions of play are better than one long session, as this mimics the normal activity patterns of a cat. Have fun! Thank you for tuning in to Lil Bub's Lil Show on WFHB, produced in partnership with Lil Bub's Big Fund. For more info on today's featured animal and topic, find us online at goodjobbub.org and wfhb.org.
Support for WFHB Local News is brought to you by MPI Solar, a Bloomington business specializing in solar hot water, solar electricity, and solar hot air systems. MPI Solar designs and installs solar power generation systems that encourage independence and individual responsibility. More information online at mpisolarenergy.com. WFHB Local News on WFHB Community Radio. Our news is written and reported by volunteers working to provide local news, cover local issues, and strengthen our local community. We invite you to participate. You may submit questions, comments, and story ideas to news at WFHB.org. You can become a WFHB Local News Volunteer by attending new volunteer orientation. Feel free to check out the WFHB Local News Archive at WFHB.org to find newscasts, individual stories, and catch a live feed of the WFHB Local News. We are local, longer, 